baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This is the Bob Cordaro Show podcast, WILK News Radio. Great good morning, everyone. 10.08 a.m. on this beautiful Monday, January 22nd. Here in the great Northeast, it is 2024. This is the Bob Cordaro Show. I am he. It is a big day to fight for America, defend our values, and honor the brave who have made us and kept us free. People like Robert Huchensky, Greenfield Township, Shirley Williams, Tobahanna, PA, Thomas Soboleski, Sawyersville, and Peter Bonani, Jessup. And we honor them all today. So with history, our great founding fathers and the incomparable Constitution of the United States of America as our guides, let us continue today's battle. And... Therefore, we gavel back to order after the brief news adjournment, the Club for Common Sense. And we will provide you with common sense, which then affords you a sanctuary of sanity in a mad, 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 mad world. I mean, they're they're trying to tell you upside down is upside right, that that lunacy makes sense. That giving aid to the enemies of our allies, that that allowing Iran to get $100 billion in funding, in income, that they then use against ourselves and our allies makes sense. And that allowing the price of uh, oil and energy to skyrocket, which helped Russia attack Ukraine, all of this makes sense to them. That opening the border to 10 million unvetted, unchecked, illegal immigrants is somehow good for the country. That releasing and coddling violent criminals in our cities is also a good thing. That teaching that America is inherently evil, racist, is a good thing. And that teaching that a boy's not really a boy, a girl's not really a girl, and that boys can decimate uh, girls and women's sports by participating if they simply decide they want to be a girl. That's just the highlights, by the way, that that scavenging for oil from Venezuela, Iran and Saudi Arabia makes sense. <laughs> it's, just, it's unbelievable. I, it's, it's really unreal. That's today's Democrat Party. That's the Biden administration. That's every Democrat who will lockstep support him. Did you see Bobby Casey and when uh, the idiot was in Allentown? Bobby Casey 
and Governor Shapiro panting and following this old fool, like barely trained puppy dogs. That's what you'll get. You'll get uh, Biden's street signs that are prepared even before the vote is taken in Scranton City Council. That's what you'll get. And then they'll tell you, no, no, you're, you're the one that's not making any sense. Well, when I think about these fools, I have to uh, go to something good, which is Road Scholar Transport, our hourly sponsor. You have unique shipping needs. Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few of those solutions. Visit roadscholar.com, whether you're uh, shipping within the Northeast Pennsylvania corridor or the entire Northeast United States, Road Scholar is your way to go. If you're a driver, best equipment, most flexibility, Road Scholar transports the place to drive. And then uh, Camelot. Golf with that gang, and boy, they're special. They really, it's a special place, the Camelot Restaurant and Inn, up in Waverly. And this Wednesday, the 24th, seating started at 5 o'clock, the six-course wild game dinner. And I'll be there with Cutie. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. But I got to spend last night at Idle Hours uh, up in uh, on Route 6, bowling, watching football, eating incredible bar food, drinking beer. That was a good stop. Great stop, actually. Well, it is Monday. And what do we do on Monday? Well, when we're here. We do Monday Musings, and John Perillo is with us. How are you, John? I'm good. Did your teams win? I, I, you know what? I don't get excited about. I, I, I enjoy the football. Yeah. And I was nominally up for. Uh, well, I'm against the Kansas City Chiefs because of this Taylor Swift silliness. <laughs> it just is really irritating. Okay. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm as a as a Rochester guy in college. I played in Buffalo. Uh, you know all that. I, I, I was leaning towards Buffalo for yeah. sure, so there was two reasons to uh, be a little disappointed with that. But you can't dislike Patrick Mahomes; he's just such a competitor. And two great games too. I mean, because uh, for, for those long-suffering Lions fans, oh know, yeah, the Lions—I was very happy about them. I was very happy about. And you know what? They get forgotten even when I—I I, I think I might have forgotten them at the open of the program. Uh, to mention that they had won, but yeah, the Lions. I uh, and I love their coach. Yes. Oh my God. Well, we lived in Detroit for years, and well, outside of Detroit for years. And you know, my my son just got to experience the first time in his life the Lions making it to a championship <laughs> game. So that that you know that tells you something. Yeah. Um, well, John Pro, yeah. where did you live in Detroit? What, what outside well, of we lived north of the we lived up uh, north of that um, in you know probably in the suburbs uh, uh, called Bloomfield okay, and yeah. it was you know at the at the time I was working for Penske Corporation and uh, they did a lot of work with the automotive uh, companies and so I spent a lot of time in Detroit and and in, in all over the world working with automotive companies and so it was a and, and Roger Penske's headquarters was there so you get to see 
the man himself and his everything yeah. that he did, which is an incredible business himself. So, well, you know, the uh, thing I anyway, was amazed at, I was in Detroit, okay, years ago. Yes. And we just rented a car, this Chris DiMatteo and I, and we just drove around. I wanted to check it, check it out. When you yes. talk about, I've never seen a downtown where there yeah. were areas with nothing. Yes. Like nothing. Yeah. That never recovered from the burning down and the yeah, riots. The riots. And, right. and and then you it's drive outside the city <laughs> on that one main drag. And right. you go through Gross Point and all, the, and I, I just massive wealth, just massive yeah. uh, um, industrial wealth, just outside of that city. It's it it, it really is something. Yeah, it, it, this is a, that's an entire topic of its own. You yeah, know, because everybody who could leave Detroit did. Yeah, uh, and then. You know, some of the industrialists in that area, um, the guy who owns Quicken and, you know, Roger and some of the other you know, companies have really tried to to rebuild Detroit itself. And, you know, they elected a for a while they had a pretty decent mayor. I mean, when it was law and order, I, Dave I, I lost track of what's going on. Remember yeah, Dave Bing was the mayor. Was he was decent. Yeah, absolutely. And they were, they were, you know, so it's, it's hard for me, you know, I have to root for Detroit. I mean, it's just, you know, I just, I, I have a warm spot in my heart for them. And, uh, and, and when we went there, you know, the Lions were just, they were the laughing stock. And, you sure. know, that Ford Field is a beautiful place and nobody would go watch them and for, for, for good reason. And more power to them. And I'm right. The coach, you're right. The coach is phenomenal. The team is, you know, it's all about culture and attitude. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the team and their fans. Um, well, I don't mind uh, digressing, today, uh, just because uh, yeah, that's interesting, especially especially since you have per- such deep personal experience with that city. Right, but, right, but yeah. uh, you know, it's like yeah. Uh, I, we're going to take a break, but uh, because we we've used all our time, but we're going to come back. <laughs> and and the thing you wanted to talk about was these Taiwanese elections. You want to talk about election interference? The red Chinese are all over this situation. And they're trying to get a team elected in Taiwan that favors reunification. I'm simplifying it, but John uh, uh, Perillo will amplify it on Monday Musings when we come back. I, I just love that when they go into that with the little drum. Yeah. Simon and Garfunkel, this date, 1966, their first career hit this date that year. Sound of silence. And LBJ dies. Hmm, what a shame. Uh, you know what I think of him. But John Perillo's with us. And, John, we've got a fairly critical election in Taiwan. And you've been analyzing it and, and thinking about it. Uh, tell us uh, what you've seen and what you've concluded. Right. I think it's worth looking at because the Taiwanese elections affect what happens across the strait, obviously, between them and China, and it affects us because of that. And the pro-democracy party won, and yet China's been pretty quiet. So that's why I wanted to look at what's going on. So on January 13, these elections for the Taiwanese presidency was won by the Taiwanese Democratic Progressive Party, or the DPP candidate. His name is William Lee. And he was considered more pro-democracy than some of the other uh, candidates, but I think that the results actually show some weakness for his party, even though he won. And that's why we haven't heard any loud objections from China about the vote. Um, Lee's party has been in power for about eight years. And 
you know, China doesn't like the DPP because they think they're separatists. Although I'd say they say that about pretty much everybody who doesn't say they want to unique, yeah. uh, join yeah. with them. And in reality, the DPP has been quite cautious not to upset the Chinese. And the fact that they won a third term, though, is pretty unprecedented in Taiwan. Normally, the, the parties kind of take turns like the U.S. Dems and Republicans do, right? They trade the, Republicans, the presidency back and forth. So it's pretty unusual for this third win in a row. But that said, if you look at the numbers carefully, there's some weakness again for the DPP. And he won with something like 40 percent of the vote, whereas his predecessor in the DPP was winning with something closer to 60 percent of the vote. So for the Chinese, this is really not a bad outcome since a significant number of people and, you know, essentially more than half were less pro DPP. PP than they have been in the past. John Perlow, do now, they have you know, a parliamentary style or do they have a presidency? How are how is their uh, government uh, organized? Parliamentary with a president. And so that the great point, because the DPP also lost in their legislature as well. Right. So and, and again, it's it's a little it, we may I may be reading too much into this, so I don't want to I don't want to say this is a referendum, you know, uh, for China or against China. Because, like I said, the DPP has been in party for something like eight years. And so outside of the China issue, they were seen as a party of change. And after that, the, their time in power, we could read the results as showing some disappointment from the rest of the population that the change that they wanted didn't really happen. You know, Taiwan is a major economic power in that area. They built a very strong and successful uh, economy, but they're experiencing inflation and wage stagnation as well. And for the young people, they haven't seen the kind of growth that their parents saw in the past. So that might be the main reason. Um, but there's also this growth in third party, which the country hasn't seen in the past. And that's certainly a sign of some disappointment. And so Mr. Lee acknowledged this in his acceptance speech. that His party didn't have the big majorities, the down pallet KPP didn't do well either. And so he's talking about how they're going to have to work with the Taiwanese Progressive Party to help. Um, and again, for us, on the, as Bob alluded to, on the legislative side, um, the legislature has an absolute veto on the military budget. So there's going to have to be some gamesmanship on what will happen with their defense spending. And we don't know what that looks like yet, but I'd view it as, as caution to the U.S. You know, they, they aren't all in on fighting China. That's kind of how I would read this. And again, I might be reading too much into well, it. But John Perlow, didn't, I mean, a lot of uh, China's threats, a lot of their posturing, a, a lot of what they did uh, in, in, in surrounding Taiwan and letting them know that how vulnerable they were, I took it to be a signal, hey, you better vote with somebody who likes us better if you want peace. And I think it worked with a, a, some percentage or subset of the population. I, I, I think you're right that I, I can't imagine that a certain percentage of the population isn't voting for the absence of war, which is not the same thing as saying they're pro-China. Yeah, correct. Right? So I, I, I would I would tend to I tend to agree with you, Bob, there on that. But, the you know, overall, the Taiwanese have been pretty vocal about independence. So. You know, what, what you saw from China, though, is a pretty mild statement that where they played down the results of the election. But it was mild. Right. And then and then they followed it. The Chinese followed it by saying something like, hey, no problem. We'll get what we want eventually in the terms of unification, which is yeah. you know, very Chinese. Right. And and 
now it, 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 it does, doesn't mean that neither side talks to each other, right? So, um, you know, they're, 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 they, they have these unofficial things called functional offices on both sides that where, let's say you have a trade issue or a ship that's passing and you want to pass along information, you send that through their functional office. And what's happened in the past is that the Chinese would pretty much not respond to things that the Chinese would send, but then they'd, then there'd be a physical response, like the port would be open or something of that sort. So you know, both sides are still listening to each other. Um, so the, the, I, would, I would actually call this a reduction in tension um, and, and something that perhaps we could argue that Lee didn't actually intend. This could be internal to him. But I do think that Z on the Chinese side – is not looking for this uh, a fight right now, and you know there were there were some there was some some preset responses from China. So like for instance, the island of Nauru, which is a tiny island in the Pacific and it's a country, announced that it would end diplomatic relations with Taiwan based on the results of the election. Well, they announced it like I don't know ten minutes after the election was we have the the numbers were tallied. So it was likely that 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 was a pre-planned response that, that the uh, PRC kind of pushed on this tiny island nation. Um, and it's, it's kind of like when the uh, People's Republic of China resumed relations with Gambia after they ended relations with Taiwan, right? So China plays these these uh, diplomatic games all the time. Um, and while, the, again, the Chinese don't like Li, they've called him a troublemaker and the like, you, you kind of got to look at those responses in Nauru as as kind of really small responses to something that they weren't happy. If they really weren't happy, there would have been a much stronger response from China. So John Perillo um, still so that, holding steady, but, and maybe losing a little bit of the independence gang in Taiwan, losing a little bit of ground, but that could also be explained by a stagnating economy. It, it could as well. So, so the next obviously thing for us, Bob is what does the U S do? So I, you know, we, We've had congressional visits in the past. I expect they'll, they'll continue. Um, and I think we need to be you know, really careful what gets said. Uh, and then you had the, the Biden administration kind of trying to square the circle on, you know, that, that they don't support independence. But they kind of, you know, they, they, they Joe Biden kind of muffed his 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 speech line on uh, strategic ambiguity. And well, then what a surprise. That up. But, but yeah, <laughs> it just it just is what it is. Just, but for your listeners, just I think keep an eye on what's going on there. I think you know, look at it. I would look at it as Z pulling back a little bit in the short term. You know, we've talked about China's decline in the past, and I'm no doctor, but if you look at Z physically on TV, he looks ill. I mean, he looks like he's got super high blood pressure. He's bloated. I mean, whatever they've got him on, he just doesn't look well. That would be a blessing. And, and I think. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a little bit like you know, I, I, I would say that about Putin as well. But you know, you know, those yeah, well, Putin's demise has been predicted. Yeah, his his demise has been predicted <laughs> over and over again, and it just won't come. Exactly, <laughs> John exactly. Perillo. Thank so, you anyway. very much. We appreciate the Monday musings, and and I like the fact that you are not overlooking Taiwan because that's a situation that could break out at any moment. It just is. And again, you and your listeners, thank you for the time. I really do appreciate it. And I hope you guys get a warming trend because, you know, we actually have a couple of warm days here after below zero temperatures. And it feels, it's like 20 degrees, feels like summertime. So I hope you guys warm up. <laughs> All right. John Perillo, Monday Musings. We'll be back. Our veterans today, Thomas Soboleski, Sawyersville. Born Sawyersville. 
veteran of the U.S. Navy, worked at Toby Hanna Army Depot, avid golfer, member of the Soresville American Legion, and the Kingston VFW. Brother and other family survives him. Thomas Soboleski. Shirley Williams, born Tobahanna, PA, Pocono Mountain High School, then 24 years in the United States Air Force, retiring as a Master Sergeant. Married to Kara Williams. They'd celebrated 37 years of marriage, just seven days before she passed away. A daughter, Tiffany, a son, grandchildren. Her identical twin, Sue, also survives her. Shirley Williams. Robert Uchensky, Greenfield Township. Proud veteran of the United States Navy. Served in the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962. The Naval Blockade. Worked as a satellite communications expert at Tobahan Army Depot as well. Robert Huchensky. Peter Bonani, born in Jessup, moved back to Italy. But Dad said, we're going back to Jessup. Concerned with the rise of Mussolini's fascist government. And boy, was he right. All-state high school football player for the Blakely Bears. Earned a football scholarship to the University of Detroit. He played there, and then a knee injury ended thoughts of professional football. So for the good of the country, he joined the United States Air Force. He was a fighter pilot. Flew over 180 combat missions during the Vietnam War. Then had a 20-year career at SAIC. Always said he grew the world's best tomatoes. Survived by his devoted and beloved wife of 33 years, Uti, as well as a daughter, two sons, 10 grandchildren, and two great-grandchildren, Peter Bonani, our veterans today. Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Ali Gallo. Today, increasing clouds with seasonable temperatures. And what does seasonable mean? It means it's going to be about 35. Tonight, cloudy with a chance of flurries down to only 30. So we're going to stay in a tight range. And then uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, cloudy with a wintry, wintry mix in the morning. Then changing to all rain in the afternoon, high of 35. So the Bulldog, I'm in the middle of preparing for the show. So the Bulldog says, I got bad news. And I'm trying to think, what could this be? Well, he's having a tire problem. I said, well, that's bad news for you. I said, please frame it properly so I know whether to get nervous. So uh, he's going to get towed to coast, and he's going to get a tire. And they'll take good care of him. Bulldog, if you need me to call ahead to get the family friends discount, uh, we'll do that, okay? But he needs a tire. So, I mean, yeah, don't don't come up to Bulldog. Like, you know where I come from. I mean, I got some pretty bad news over the years. <laughs> like, bad news. You're going to prison for 11 years. I mean, <laughs> a, a, a tire that needs to be replaced doesn't even, like, it doesn't get us there, okay? 
I, I guess so. <laughs> Don't be telling me about bad news. I'll, I'll tell you about bad news someday. But in any event, um, the Bulldog, you know, Coast will take care of him and he'll be in great shape. And we'll remind you that uh, Road Scholar Transport brings this hour to you. And they are um, a family company that treats you like family. Whether you drive for them or whether you ship with them in the Northeast United States or the Northeastern United States. Northeast, did I say that right? Northeast Pennsylvania or the Northeastern United States. And then, of course, the big wild game dinner coming up the 24th. Talking to a lot of people that are going to it. Seating starting at 5 o'clock on Wednesday. Uh, frog legs to start. Uh, wild sausage trio stew, second. Seared duck breast. That's next. Wild boar ribs with apple sausage. Southwestern ancho infused elk medallions. And cognac infused pheasant. I was talking to my apricot tart. I was talking to my buddy Joe Gentile, one of the owners up there, yesterday at the, the bowling up at uh, Idle Hours. And he said, well, everybody has venison. So, like, to you know, to separate it out, we went. With other stuff like elk. And I did not realize it, but elk is incredibly expensive. And they're going to have pairings and all that kind of stuff uh, with each of the courses that you can uh, buy. And it'll be neat. Somebody says, ask the bulldog if you ever heard of fix-a-flat in a can. Because it, would you ever hear of that bulldog? Yeah, he's heard of it. He can't do that. Look at save your headaches. Go to Coast Tire. Get a tire. That's what I'm telling the Bulldog. Somebody says they think they hear me drooling through the radio when I'm talking about the dinner. No. Oh, gosh. Bob, you better hope he doesn't die in office. It'll be the Joseph R. Biden International Airport. I like it as the uh, McDade Terminal for the... Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Energy. Yeah, please don't name anything else after him. We are embarrassed enough with that road. Somebody texts in, Bob, electric car update. The city of Chicago towing operators report 8,300 electric vehicles have been towed because of cold temperatures and the people's batteries not being able to be charged at all. Another on that trip to Allentown I referred to. How about the warm welcome they got in Allentown? Shapiro looked like he was going to poop himself. Yeah, because, um, oh, my gosh. I mean, they were yelling at Biden. And he's trying to pretend like he's trying to like, well, are they really saying that to me? (laughs) Oh, yes, they are, Joseph Biden. They're saying what you are. Eric and Exeter uh, telling us, Bob, at some point, You have to address the red pill that John Fetterman has taken lately. I can't believe it, but he seems not to care what CNN and the progressives think. LTS back at you, Eric. Here's the problem. He's making these statements, and he may actually believe them, but he's voting the opposite. 
He's voting the exact opposite. Did he have some sort of epiphany in the midst of his sickness? And he is no longer a socialist, Marxist, insane person? By the way, as uh, uh, T-Belt texted into one of our groups, he said, uh, if you could compare Bob Casey to Fetterman in the last 39 days, you would, seriously, you'd have to say, Bob Casey had the stroke. (laughs) I mean, you'd have to say, who had the stroke? Who's the Marxist that had a stroke? You'd have to say it's Bob Casey. Not. John Fetterman. But no, I've talked about Fetterman. And look, you could be lauded for a brief pronouncement. Whether, you know, it be on immigration or whatever. But he's not doing the job to match these statements. He's not. Somebody says, you kept pushing Ron DeSantis, and I kept telling you Nikki Haley, but you wouldn't listen. Now we're going to be screwed with Trump and lose the general election. Well, I mean, you're going to blame that one on me? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not. Nikki Haley has, look at if she's the nominee somehow, I'm all in. But she's not the one I would choose. I'd choose Trump over Nikki Haley. I just would. I, I, I don't. I'm not fully comfortable with her as a true uh, across-the-board conservative. I'm not comfortable with Nikki Haley attacking government the way it needs to be attacked, attacking the establishment the way it needs to be attacked. I'm not comfortable with it. I don't think she'll do it. And so that's where we're at. Yeah, somebody does agree with me. No matter what Fetterman's saying, you have to look at how he's voting. 1,000% for Joe Biden. Yeah, and that's what the deal is. We'll take a break. Bob Cadaro, W-I-L-K. We will return. Sly and the Family Stone. This was their first single. Dance to the music. What a great song. This date, 1968. And, you know, we're going to... We're not going to get all the songs in today, so we've got some decisions to make. The Bulldog and I. What about Trump and Nikki Haley? Um, and this is from an anti-Trumper, obviously. But look at uh, if Trump gives you and the country Apprentice Trump, the Donald Trump from The Apprentice. I mean, he knows branding. We got the crazy Trump. We got the anti-establishment Trump. Uh, A lot of us love that. But we don't think it's a winning direction. So I'm going to ask Donald Trump, be disciplined for the sake of the country. And that's how he can win. Okay? Bob, when was uh, Nikki Haley presidential timber? Well, you become presidential timber. You grow into it. I mean, you know, you hate to say it, but the most likely candidate, and I still think there's a big chance he's not going to run, 
Joe Biden's president of the United States. That dumbs it down. We could have Bozo the Clown be president and be better off. So let's not talk about presidential timber when our current president is a twig. I'm just asking Bulldog if we're going to go back on the air here. Bob Canaro back with you, W-I-L-K. It's a constant struggle with this Bulldog. I love Bulldogs, but they're very stubborn. They're very willful. Um, somebody texted him, Bob, did you see the news how Chuck Schumer's chickens have come home to roost? Palestinian protesters are attacking him and his daughter. I don't like that at all, but I'll tell you, he's one of the idiots on, well, on everything. He is a total ass. He's disgraceful. Schumer. What a, what a, ugh, awful. Um, my friend Rich McHale, well, somebody said, I'm a Republican. I will never vote for Donald Trump. I don't agree with you. You'd vote for the policy. And the policies of Donald Trump and his actions, you know, that which affected us were all very effective and great for the country. So I'm not I'm not going with you there. Uh, here's what Rich wants to know. Can Bobby Kennedy possibly become a viable candidate? Especially since Biden has denied him Secret Service protection. Um, Biden is worried. Yeah, he's worried that Kennedy's going to take votes from him. And in the main, that's probably who he'd take them from. But I will tell you, this election is going to be very different, Rich. Very different than anything we've ever seen. It's going to be wild. It's going to be wooly. And... That's why I believe if Trump maintains the attitude that he did after Iowa and uh, his response to the, the uh, to DeSantis dropping out of the race, uh, you've got something. We got something to hold on to. So, uh, it, but that's up. See, that's up to Trump to be self-disciplined for the sake of the country. Because he looks like he's going to be the Republican nominee. Hey, we could be shocked at something tonight uh, and, and finding out what New Hampshire primary does. I, I don't know. We, we, we shall see. The one thing I, the only thing I know is that if I can get there, I'll be at the wild game dinner up at Camelot Wednesday night. <laughs> That's what I know. And the other thing I know is that Lorraine from Hazleton has a poem for us. Hi, Lorraine. Hiya, Bobby. <laughs> Fuzzy wuzzy. You, you shouldn't come on so sarcastic. You know, I could just press a button and you're gone. Yeah, well, I could press two and you're eliminated. <laughs> hey, you. Well, Boy, there I used to be a nice little mafia down there in Hazleton. I don't know if they're still there, but. Well, you should know. <laughs> They're your gumballs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go ahead now, darling. You've got a poem for us. Yeah, and I thought I thought I came on rather nicely to you. I, 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 
I come on to you. But anyway, okay. Make Our up friend your... Mark Mayers felt you came on a little sarcastic. Mark, thank you very much. <laughs> Fuzzy. But go well, ahead any, now, darling. I didn't come on fuzzy. Okay. Oh, dude, <laughs> okay. Lord have mercy on me. We try to stick to the point here, Lorraine. Well, I thought I was until you belittled me. <laughs> it's called Make Up Your Mind. <laughs> go ahead. That's the title of the poem. All right. Gee. Some people always complain that it's too cold while others exclaim that it's too hot. There are some things we have to accept, whether we like it or not. Many seem to be never satisfied, even if things are handed to them on a silver platter. They could have good health, a loving family, and friends, but to them it seems that it just doesn't matter. Everyone should strive to know what is really important before we experience some form of loss, then we may realize what blessings we had, but now have to endure a heavy cross. Try and be grateful for what little you have, even if this task can be difficult to do. Then little by little, you will discover that life may seem brighter for you. Nice. That's a change-up. I like it. Yeah, thanks. And give us the title again. Make up your mind. Make, yeah, make up your mind. <laughs> That's your Italian make accent. Make up your mind. That's your Italian accent. Okay. Yeah, well. Uh... <laughs> well, thank you, my darling. We appreciate it always. we got to go to the news now, but that was a good way to end the hour. I thought so. And <laughs> shall. Okay, Mark Mayer, alias, I'll call this guy here Fuzzy Wuzzy, but <laughs> I, 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 I came on, I thought, like, in a sexy way, but my gosh. <laughs> Dear Lord, have mercy it's on me. It's a family program, Lorraine. Oh, yeah, well, you could have fooled me <laughs> by your mouth. Well, you have a good day, my darling. Thank I'll you. I'll try. I'll All right, try. honey. Okay, so. <laughs> Bye-bye. We'll take a break. It's time for the news with Brian Hughes. Bob Cadaro, the eponymous show. We will roll on. Go to YLK News Radio. This is the Bob Cordaro Show Podcast. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 